you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. From Team Focus Farm System Breakdowns, prospect rankings, and interviews with some of the brightest up-and-comers in the game, Locked On MLB Prospects is the best way to stay plugged in on the future of your favorite team. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Ravine Fiends, here with Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, I'm glad the game we went to together was not the game last night. Yeah, yeah, here's my hot take. Uh, Game three of this series sucked. Dodgers went into the ninth inning with a lead. They did not exit the ninth inning with the lead. They fell back to two games in the NL West. We have a lot to to talk about Kenley Jansen and the closer role and booing. We're going to talk about the rest of the game, talk about who was good, and talk a little bit about the future and see what else we get into. So before we get into all that, a quick reminder to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or if you're at home, take your smart device to play podcast locked on Dodgers. Dodgers went into the ninth inning up 2-1. to one. It seemingly all laid out. We talked about yesterday how Trinan and Jansen hadn't thrown in this series yet and that they were going to be at least fresh. And that's exactly how it played out. Julio Diaz gave the Dodgers seven innings. Blake Trainin threw a nice and easy one, two, three, eighth inning. And then Kenley Jansen came on in the ninth and was not the Kenley Jansen that we've seen for a majority of the season. He was bad Kenley Jansen, not able to locate his pitches. At first, it was an issue more of command than control. And then the control also started to be an issue. He ended up leaving the game with one out and bases loaded. Victor Gonzalez came in, gave up a run on a... It was a 3-1 pitch, borderline strike call, or it was a strike call, but for me, you know, don't go 3-1, and you can't really complain too much. Some umpires are going to be bad sometimes, unfortunately, and the Dodgers went down 4-2. Tyler Rogers came back in in the bottom of the ninth. But the Dodgers weren't able to put up three runs like they did the last two times. He had save opportunities. So all in all, Dodgers lost, and I guess the big conversation is uh, Kenley Jansen, and he came into the All-Star break, like, okay, he got snubbed for the All-Star game, possibly, but we were fine with it. And then since All-Star break, he's blown two saves. It might be a little bit too reactionary, but it's also a case of, have we ever really been that confident in Kenley Jansen? Evers may be taking it a bit far because, uh, you know, he was legitimately the best relief pitcher in baseball for a few years. Uh, but, yeah, the last couple of years, there's been uh, question marks, at least even, even when he's been successful, it's like, well, how's he really doing it? And there's been times this year when he has looked – as good as ever. Um, but there have also been times when we felt like, okay, he got lucky getting that save. Oh, it's a good thing they had a three-run lead that time. Uh, you know, things like that. And so it's – I don't really know what the answer is with, with Jansen because for the most part he has been very successful this year. And and that's what you look for is results. And, you know, even last year when he gave us a heart attack a bunch, he had the lowest hard hit rate in baseball. Uh, he did not have a low hard hit rate tonight. Um, and that was part of the issue. You know, he gave up a hard hit single to, to Posey, a hard hit home run to Flores, and then a hard hit double to, to what's his name. And, uh, it was all because he, his command just wasn't there. And 
if his command is missing and the movement on the pitches isn't there, that's what you're going to get. So basically he was just throwing, you know, pitches in bad spots that didn't have the movement. And I think what we've seen with Kenley last year and a lot of this year is, uh, for the most part, most games he has either command or or good movement, and sometimes even both. And when he has both, it's like, oh, this is this is prime Kenley Jansen. And as long as he has one or the other, he's usually going to get weak contact or strikeouts. And what we saw tonight was a case of him not having either. And that's the scary part with Jansen because he's not as dominant as he has been in the past. So that margin for error is lower. We've talked about the same thing with Kershaw a little bit, you know, that the margin of error goes down as you are less dominant with your stuff. And, and that's what we saw. Uh, Kenley's margin for error was very low. And that's a scary thing when they go in with a one run lead against the team with the best record in baseball. And what we saw was, you know, kind of the inevitable result of that set of circumstances. So, I don't know if it means that they need to reevaluate the closer position because it's just as possible that Kenley could have the wicked cutter and the 97 mile an hour two seamer next time out. You know, it's I don't know. And maybe the Dodgers have a better idea, but I don't know how to predict what next version of Kenley is going to look like. It's a tough question, especially with just the two bad outings coming out of the break. Uh, but it, it's there because of the fact that the confidence level, at least among fans, you know, Dave Roberts' confidence level may be higher and probably is higher than fans. Just how you just said where he might come out with the cutter with movement and command or he might not, that's right there is, at the very least, it's not inspiring. And it just, like I said, the margin for error is not there. If you're throwing, even if your cutter's not cutting, if you're coming out throwing 97, you can get away with a little bit more. But... The cutter that he threw to Flores was 92 with zero movement and up in the zone to a guy that likes fastball. So it basically was a 92 mile an hour fastball and Flores crushed it. And for a guy that's supposed to be the closer for a World Series championship caliber team, you don't really want it to hinge. Well, does he have it today? Does he not? Most relievers are kind of like that in a general sense, but it seems like Jansen's really at least for a dominant closer and because of what we've seen from him before it's really like okay is that what you is that what you want out of your closer and usually when Blake Trinan gives up runs he's just giving up hits he hasn't he's had pretty decent control the whole year and he's actually missed more bats I believe than last year so that's a good sign Joseph Kelly who's emerged recently is another guy who is gonna probably get named for somebody that should pitch later in the game but the fact of the matter too with Jensen and, and this is what we've talked about before is that if he's not the closer, then where does he fit into your bullpen? And does it really change things if he struggles and gives up two runs, three runs in the seventh inning compared to the ninth inning? At the end of the day, he's still giving up runs. So it's a matter of where the ninth inning is a little bit more of a controlled environment. You can get him to start an inning. When it is a one-run deficit, You know, it's not the most inspiring to see Jansen come in right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact is his, you know, this was only the second home run he's allowed this year. Um, but his hard hit rate this year, even before this game is actually the highest it's been in several years and, and a lot higher than last year. And, you know, a little bit higher than when he was elite in, you know, 2016, 2017. Um, and, and so if he's not going to have the abnormally low hard hit rate, and then his strikeout rate has been, you know, maybe a little bit lower than it's been, uh, you know, 
basically a lot lower than it's been uh, when he was elite and a bit lower than it's been at any other point in his career. It's like, are we, are we doing tricks with mirrors here? You know, it, what, how is he being successful? And, and that's kind of what you and I have always kind of looked like, looked at when we've maybe even when he's being successful, we don't necessarily feel totally confident. It's because we don't understand how it's happening. And last year, you know, you point to the hard hit rate this year. Um, there's just no way that that 1.3 ERA was sustainable. And so it was going to, he was going to have some games like this. Um, the, the question becomes, what does it mean for the future? And uh, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people thought that Trinan should have stayed in for the ninth inning tonight. That would have been basically Dave Roberts saying, hey, Kenley, you had one bad outing in Colorado. And so you're not our closer anymore. And uh, because that's the only way to not bring your closer, your rested closer in with a one one run lead in the ninth inning is if you're telling him you're not the closer anymore. And so that was never going to happen. But, you know, when when you're battling for a division championship, you can only afford so many things. And, And so I'd like to see them maybe go bullpen by committee and going into this game where you had the bottom of the order in the in the eighth inning and the top of the order in the ninth inning, maybe it would have made more sense to go with Kenley in the eighth and Trident in the ninth. Yeah, and maybe this is a year that that finally happens in the regular season. They haven't really had 2018, notwithstanding, that was just an anomaly on the on the Rockies end, on the Dodgers end. They haven't really had a divisional race in a while, so they've been able to get away with you know Jansen struggles. And then last year we saw in the postseason when it came down to it a couple of times, Jansen could have came in and he didn't, and and. They're, they're, you're never really going to fully satisfy the question and, and get the answer that you want. But it would be or it might be possible where, you know, we've seen them 2018. They did complete platoon style of lineups and had guys that were somewhat established or established enough getting less playing time based on platoons. It may be a case of, you know, a Jansen might be at that point. And we talked about this at the start of the year where a free agent after this year, they don't have to appease him anymore. And maybe that's a case of where they can start moving them around if they need to. Yep, it could be. All right, uh, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about Jansen and booing, Dodger fans booing him and just, I guess, booing in general. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut in pouches that give you the same packed dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. It's available in nine flavors, and Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. If you chew, then Fully Loaded Chew is the product you've been waiting for. It's all the things you enjoy about traditional smokeless products without tobacco. If you, a friend, or a family member use Chew, then they should transition to Fully Loaded Chew. It tastes and feels just like traditional smokeless products, which makes it an easy transition away from traditional tobacco smokeless products. It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Dodgers listeners a special offer right now. You can try a can for just $1. That's right, just $1. Just go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use the promo code locked on just one dollar and free shipping if you use the code locked on at checkout the next time you go for a dip make it fully loaded chew at fully loaded chew.com this episode is also brought to you by rock auto 
Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, maybe even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can spend less at Rock Auto? For example, for a Honda Odyssey fuel pump from a chain store, it is $353. From rockauto.com, you can get it for $216. And Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving people online for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a mechanic, and you don't have to worry about going to a store, them not having the part, and the, someone else ordering the part for you. You can just go to rockauto.com and take out the middleman. Everything you need from brake parts to new carpet is at rockauto.com. And when you go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Alright, so I'm not sure why this was made a big deal since... Dodger fans have kind of been doing this the whole year, but regardless, Kenley Jansen got booed when he came off the field. He got booed when he was pitching, when he gave up the runs. Um, I guess when he's giving up the runs, you could potentially be booing Wilmer Flores for hitting the home run, but when he's coming off the field, it's clear who's getting booed. Dave Roberts was upset, and I'm going to read the quote from him. He said, and I quote, it does bother me. This guy is a lifelong Dodger. To start the fans, certainly have a right to voice their frustrations. Absolutely. I get that. But I do believe that this guy, born and raised as a Dodger, no one hurts more than he does, to be quite honest. He's worked very hard to get back and should have been an all-star this year. He's had a fantastic season. There was a hiccup the other night. He was looking forward to pitching at home. So to have that not go well, yeah, I'm disappointed to hear that. Certainly, he's not going to say it, but I am. And there's other people, um, I've seen other people complaining about the booing Jansen. Not specifically Dodger fans, just like other people or higher moraled maybe Dodger fans or different moraled Dodger fans. Uh, so yeah, Jeff, Kenny Jansen getting booed or booing in general. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I it's not something I would do. I you know I've mentioned this before on this show. Probably, I don't even boo opposing players. I, I definitely would not boo anybody in a Dodger uniform. But I also recognize that everybody has different sensibilities as fans. You know, they have different expectations. You know, different ideas of of their role as fans. And and I'm I'm totally fine with it. I'm also totally fine with Robert saying what he said. That's part of what makes Roberts a a good players manager is going to bat for his people. And, you know, Dave Roberts would rather have Kenley Jansen know that he has his back than, than to care what the fans think necessarily. And so, you know, and, and basically uh, I, I, for me personally, I agree a hundred percent with what Roberts said uh, as far as that's why I would not boo Kenley Jansen. I wouldn't even, you know, the only way I would boo somebody in a Dodger uniform is if I actually thought they were deliberately trying to lose, you know, the, and maybe it's because I'm a dad, you know, because I, I watch my sons play baseball and, you know, I, I have boys who hope to be major league baseball players someday. And I think about, you know, them having a bad performance and having 50,000 people booing them. And it, it makes me, uh, unhappy. And I think that's probably part of the way Dave Roberts looks at it too. I think he has kind of a fatherly relationship with Kenley Jansen. And so it's not just his, his player. It's a guy who he thinks of like a son in a lot of ways and seeing, you know, and, and when you do think about what Kenley's been through, you know, with the health issues and stuff, you know, all, all the stuff. And yeah, Kenley hasn't always, 
handled himself the best, you know, hasn't answered questions the way that people might would have liked. But uh, for me, I have a hard time thinking that Kenley doesn't want it. And, and so that for me, it boils down to Kenley wants to be successful and he wasn't tonight. And uh, I would never boo somebody for that, but I also wouldn't, uh, I don't know if judge is the right word because there probably is a little bit of judgment, you know, but, uh, but I, I believe that it is fans, right. When you pay for a ticket to go and, be a fan however you want to be a fan. And, uh, you know, it, the fact that people do it differently than I would doesn't change that. Yeah, for me, it's honestly, I don't know. I just don't think of it as a big deal. People get booed. Especially this year, I think I've noticed that Dodger fans are quicker to boo, whether it's a pitcher not doing well or something else. Uh, they've been a little bit quicker to boo in general. And for me, like, uh, obviously Roberts has to say stuff like that. But for me, the lifelong Dodger and all that and – I don't know. It just doesn't matter. In the moment, you're not thinking about, oh, man, this Kenley Jansen's been a Dodger for a long time and, and whatever. If it was – and it, I don't know. I guess it's different for different players because if it was Clayton Kershaw and he's getting booed in a regular season game, then I probably would feel a little bit different. I'd be like, well, all right, guys, let's not boo Kershaw. Uh, but for Jansen, I don't, it's just the fact that he hasn't been that great the last couple of years. He's been – the ones that stand out every game that stands out are the ones where he's failed and you don't really think about the ones where he hasn't and you know they're booing the his they're not booing kenley jansen the man and the player career-wise they're booing kenley jansen for not doing the job that night and i don't have an issue with that and i don't really think it's a big deal obviously you would like your home fans to not boo your players uh but the fact of the matter is that's a perfect world that we're probably never going to live in so if people want to boo, people want to boo. I don't think of it as a big deal. Yeah, and and I think you're maybe wrong on one little point, which is that uh, I think people were booing Kenley Jansen, the player, not tonight's performance. You know, when when you look at the Twitter response to, you know, ranging from everybody knew he was going to blow this, he sucked for for years, uh, to uh, he shouldn't be the closer anymore. You know, and it, it's it's very much a you know. Well, that's why I think. I, that's why I said, like, Kershaw is not going to get booed after one bad performance. Where Jensen, the people are are ready for it. Where that The confidence isn't there yet. The people are ready to, you know, kind of unleash if he doesn't perform because they're not confident. And they. it's kind of a matter of, I don't know, if people, I don't think people are rooting for him to fail, but it kind of feels like they are slightly rooting for him to fail to be like, see, Jensen's not the guy. Yeah, and, and, and people say, you know, well, I knew he was going to blow this thing. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you've known that, you know, 25 other times this year and you were only right three times, you know, like uh, when you say it's because we remember the negative ones. uh, I think my response to that is, well, maybe that says something about us as fans that maybe we should be better at remembering the positive ones, you know, and and recognizing that, you know, they, they are human beings, you know, Kenley Jansen, what he does for a living is come in with a lead and try to close out a baseball game. And so for Kenley, it's not just I blew a game. It's I blew a game. 
I'm in the last year of my contract. I don't want don't want my future holds. And these fans who cheer me every time I come in are now booing me. And, and part of the reason I think it's a bigger deal this time is because Kenley hardly ever gets taken out in the middle of an inning. And so it's one thing if he struggles and then after the third out, he, he's walking off and there's some boos happening. Because like you said, it could just be booing the, the other team scoring, booing their performance, you know, in general. But this was clearly Kenley walking off the mound and being booed. And uh, for me, I... Like I said, it's not something I would ever do. And uh, while I respect people's right to do it, I also uh, am saying the words I'm saying in hopes that some people will think about it and say, you know what, that's true. Uh, I may have kids sometime who I wouldn't want people booing. Uh, I may, you know, I may sometimes forget that Major League Baseball players are human beings with real feelings. And uh, maybe I should be better at that. Yeah, that's true. Um, for my record, I'm the only person I've ever booed in Dodger uniform is Don Mattingly and that will you could, you could never change my mind about that one. I just didn't like how he got in as manager. So it would start it from the beginning. And he just kind of like, kind of like Jensen where he just kept affirming the fact that I didn't think he should have been the manager anyways. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not a booer anyway. I don't even, I, I might've booed Barry Bonds one time at Dodger stadium. Um, but even then I, I don't think I did. I just, that, that sound doesn't come out of my mouth. Yeah. I'll probably boo in a couple of weeks when the Astros are there, but that's about it. Yeah. All right, uh, going to come back, and we'll find some other stuff to talk about, so make sure to keep it locked on, Dodgers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Not only do they have MLB and baseball odds, but you can get all the other sports going on, which is not much right now, but there's always something you can bet on. Trust me, you head a bet online, you'll find something to bet on. If not, they also have poker and virtual horse racing, I think, and a bunch of other things you can put some money on and try to win some money. So go ahead, hit the bet online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all of the things they have. Check out all the news they got, sign-up bonuses, contest information, all that good stuff. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Right now, if you head to Bet Online and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On at Bet Online. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Jeff. Uh, I did think of something. Not it's not going to be a conversation per se, but uh, Dave Roberts got ejected in the ninth inning, uh, arguing balls and strikes, and then the Dodgers were not. Uh, miraculously fired up and scored and i know i've been on the other side of this but i think there's times and places and getting ejected after the inning doesn't feel the same for me yeah and he was yelling after the bad call by the umpire yeah yeah, yeah. you know um but but yeah i mean I, i'm not opposed to roberts getting fired up and getting ejected i like i've said i don't think it's actually going to have any impact you know uh because i don't think Victor Gonzalez just suddenly learned that Dave Roberts has his back, you know, so uh, it, it is what it is. But yeah, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. That umpire made a bad call. It's not what cost them the game. You know, May, maybe if it's a one run deficit, th- things go differently in the bottom of the ninth. But, you know, so th- it does kind of take the gas out, uh, you know, uh, but in the end, yeah, it was a bad call by the umpire. Dave Roberts let him know about it. And that's probably a good thing. All right, let's clean up some of the news and notes from around. So Josiah Gray will remain in the rotation at least one more time through. He will get to start on Sunday against the Rockies. Uh, Good sign for him. Good sign for the Dodgers to finally have a starting pitcher. 
Uh, another starting pitcher, Clayton Kershaw, played catch for the third straight day. Still seems on track to return in August, hopefully. So that's a good sign. Corey Seager, who they mentioned could have been back and activated today, was not activated today. Apparently, uh, they're still waiting for clearance on him to be able to play. Justin Turner was out of the lineup, like we mentioned, uh, but did pinch hit. So hopefully that's a sign that he'll be back in the lineup. Mookie Betts, who knows? They might have to put him on the injured list. Sheldon Noisy got called back up and is back on the major league team. And the Dodgers, oh, the Dodgers acquired it. They made a trade. Uh, Dodgers acquired outfielder Billy McKinney from the Mets in exchange for minor leaguer Carlos Rincon. McKinney has played with the Brewers and Mets so far this year. Has decent power numbers, but overall not that great numbers. And doesn't have any options left, so we're going to see... If he comes, he has to come straight to the team, right? So, yeah, um, maybe that's when Sheldon Noisy goes back down. Maybe Mookie Betts is going to go on the injured list, and that's why they got McKinney. Who knows? Uh, but at least, for at the very least, he's a guy that we know can have power in the major leagues, which is a lot better than we can say for Rex and Rayleigh and DJ Peters so far. They they DFA Jake Reed to make room on the 40-man roster for McKinney. He'll be on the active roster uh, today, uh, thir- Thursday. Um yeah, and he might he might be something. He's got some speed. He's good defensively, and you know he's definitely got potential. He used to be a, a top prospect. He was part of some big trades. He was part of the Jeff Samarja Addison Russell trade in 2014. He was part of the Eroldis Chapman Glaber Torres trade in 2016. Um, you know, so he's been traded a lot in his career, but. Uh, that was at least in part because a lot of teams wanted him. And so he, he's only 26 years old now. He's, I, you know, he, he's definitely not a prospect anymore. Uh, and he's not even necessarily a promising, a super promising player, but he might be a guy the Dodgers can do something with. The lack of options is a little bit tricky because they, they can't stash him in AAA and try to fix some things with them. And so it does kind of indicate that, yeah, maybe they are thinking about Mookie Betts or, or they might just be thinking, well, uh, Zach Rex uh, isn't quite ready for the big leagues yet. And so let's go with Billy McKinney instead. Um, you know, a, a lot of things they could be thinking, uh, but, it, but it's interesting anyway. You know, the, it, it's really a bad time right now for the Dodgers to be uh, you know, the, the whole season has had health challenges, but right now you look at, you know, if the Dodgers had scored more than two runs, uh, Kenley would have been a non-issue tonight, you know, um, Julio pitched great for seven innings, trying to pitch great in the eighth inning. And so if the Dodgers offense had put up four or five runs, it would have been a non-issue. Uh, and, and, it's kind of uh, remarkable when you think about the Dodgers just had to play the team with the best record in baseball, uh, probably the second best team in baseball behind the Dodgers, uh, you know, with no Justin Turner, with no Mookie Betts, with no Corey Seager, with a clearly not 100% Max Muncy. You know, I mean, he Max Muncy was still hurting. Uh, you, you could tell by watching him. With Cody Bellinger, who's still, like, going through extended spring training or something, you know, all this stuff going on. And the Dodgers almost won this game. You know, the Dodgers had a very good chance to win this game. And so they're just kind of piecing things together right now. And like you said, hopefully JT's back soon. Hopefully another night of rest helps Max Muncy feel better. Hopefully Seager's back soon. Hopefully Bellinger figures things out. Hopefully Mookie's back, you know, all these hopefullys. uh, But, you know, it's a, it's a really weird time to be watching this. And for the Dodgers to, even be as successful as they have been with all the crap that's going on. 
fact of the matter, it it kind of sucks because you don't really realize some of these things when unless you lay it down like you just did. And then you're like, oh, well, yeah, the Dodgers probably shouldn't be winning these games or being close to these games. So that's what makes it more frustrating is that all this stuff's happening. They're still in these some of these games, and then they end up losing them. And then, you know, it, it makes you feel bad even though if you kind of break it down and look at it, they are probably overachieving a little bit. Even with in past years, they've been able to sustain injuries with uh, incredible depth. This year, none of the depth that's come up has really done anything other than in the bullpen with maybe Phil Bickford and Vesia now over the last month and Clevenger over the last month. So it's really, and with the restarting pitchers and kind of not even even having a full rotation since Dustin May got hurt. So it's a lot of things on that side, but it's you know also a matter of, hey, these guys are in there, go in some games, and they were in position to do so and it just didn't happen. But, yeah, like you mentioned, if they had scored more than two runs, it wouldn't have been a problem for the most part. They might have even let Trinan go the extra inning if, if it was, like, a three-run lead or four-run lead. So we'll see what happens on Thursday. They got Walker Buehler. Should have another strong starting pitching performance, and hopefully the offense can get going. Yeah, and when, when we came into this series, obviously we were hoping for a series win, but I think you and I both would have been at least reasonably satisfied with a series split. And the Dodgers go into this series finale with a chance for that split. And it's frustrating that, you know, they knock Gosman out of the first game of the series in the third inning after three innings. You know, so that's a game you think, oh, maybe we can steal this one. And they didn't, you know. And then this one, Julio, they get a gem from Julio going to the ninth inning with the lead. You think, oh, they should win this one. And then they didn't. And so, you know, when you're looking back and thinking, man, they really should have swept this series instead of only splitting it, then it's frustrating. But if you can kind of look at it as, you know, we came into this thinking a split would be okay. You know, obviously, right now we can just hope for a split. I hope that Bueller does his job. hope the offense shows up. Uh, but. I think if you had promised us a split coming in, we would have said, okay, I'll take that, I guess. Yeah, especially with the first two games. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully they can do the split. They got three with Colorado and then three more with the Giants. So they still, you know, they could very potentially be back in first place by the end of the weekend and heading into the next Giants series. So that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. We will be on Spotify Green Room following the game on Thursday. So make sure to tap in. And bring your questions, comments, and concerns. Hopefully we're talking about a Dodger win. We are here every weekday morning. Make sure to tell your friends and family. Make sure to post about us, tweet about us, whatever you want. We are on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at LockedOnDodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text, you can do so at 323-863-5625. Or you can send us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tear smart device to play podcasts, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you on Green Room. Betting on the Dodgers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get Save. podcasts. D, I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, the team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye!